Letter fifty two of Clarissa Harlow, volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rebecca Bronnert Plunkett. Clarissa Harlow, volume three, by Samuel Richardson. Letter fifty two mrs harvey to miss clarissa harlow in answer to letter forty eight dear niece it would be hard not to write a few lines so much pressed to write to one i ever loved your former letter i received yet was not at liberty to answer it i break my word to answer you now strange informations are every day received about you the wretch you are with, we are told, is every hour triumphing and defying. Must not these informations aggravate? You know the uncontrollableness of the man. He loves his own humour better than he loves you, though so fine a creature as you are. I warned you over and over. No young lady was ever more warned, Miss Clarissa Harlowe, to do such a thing. You might have given your friends the meeting. If you had held your aversion, it would have been complied with. As soon as I was entrusted myself with their intention to give up the point, I gave you a hint. A dark one, perhaps? But who would have thought, oh, miss, such an artful flight, such cunning preparations? But you want to clear up things. What can you clear up? are you not gone off with a lovelace too what my dear would you clear up you did not design to go you say why did you meet him then chariot and six horsemen all prepared by him oh my dear how art produces art will it be believed if it would what power will he be thought to have had over you he who loveless the vilest of libertines over whom a clarissa was your love for such a man above your reason above your resolution what credit would a belief of this if believed bring you how meant the matter oh that you had stood the next morning i'll tell you all that was intended if you had it was indeed imagined that you would not have been able to resist your father's entreaties and commands he was resolved to be all condescension if anew you had not provoked him i love my clary harlow said he but an hour before the killing tidings were brought him i love her as my life i will kneel to her if nothing else will do to prevail upon her to oblige me your father and mother the reverse of what should have been would have humbled themselves to you and if you could have denied them and refused to sign the settlements previous to the meeting they would have yielded although with regret but it was presumed so naturally sweet your temper so self-denying as they thought you 
that you could not have withstood them notwithstanding all your dislike of the one man without a greater degree of headstrong passion for the other that you had given any of us reason to expect from you if you had the meeting on wednesday would have been a lighter trial to you you would have been presented to all your assembled friends with a short speech only that this was the young creature till very lately faultless condescending and obliging now having cause to glory in a triumph over the wills of father mother uncles the most indulgent over family interests family views and preferring her own will to everybody's and this for a transitory preference to person only there being no comparison between the men and their morals thus complied with and perhaps blessed by your father and mother and the consequences of your disobedience deprecated in the solemnest manner by your inimitable mother your generosity would have been appealed to since your duty would have been found too weak an inducement and you would have been bid to withdraw for one half hour's consideration then would the settlements have been again tendered for your signing by the person least disobliging to you by your good norton perhaps she perhaps seconded by your father again and if again refused you would have again have been let in to declare such your refusal some restrictions which you yourself had proposed would have been insisted upon you would have been permitted to go home with me or with your uncle anthony with which of us was not agreed upon because they hoped you might be persuaded there to stay till the arrival of your cousin morden or till your father could have borne to see you or till assured that the views of lovelace were at an end this the intention your father so set upon your compliance so much in hopes that you would have yielded that you would have been prevailed upon by methods so condescending and so gentle no wonder that he in particular was like a distracted man when he heard of your flight of your flight so premeditated with your ivy summer-house dinings your arts to blind me and all of us naughty naughty young creature i for my part would not believe it when told of it your uncle harvey would not believe it we rather expected we rather feared a still more desperate adventure there could be but one more desperate and i was readier to have the cascade resorted to than the garden back door your mother fainted away while her heart was torn between the two apprehensions your father poor man your father was beside himself for near an hour what imprecations what dreadful imprecations to this day he can hardly bear your name yet can think of nobody else your merits my dear but aggravate your fault something of fresh aggravation every hour how can any favour be expected i am sorry for it but am afraid nothing you ask will be complied with why mention you my dear the saving you from mortifications who have gone off with a man 
what a poor pride is it to stand upon anything else i dare not open my lips in your favour nobody dare your letter must stand by itself this has caused me to send it to the hollow place expect therefore great severity may you be able to support the lot you have drawn oh my dear how unhappy have you made everybody can you expect to be happy your father wishes you had never been born your poor mother but why should i afflict you there is now no help you must be changed indeed if you are not very unhappy yourself in the reflections your thoughtful mind must suggest to you you must now make the best of your lot yet not married it seems it is in your power you say to perform whatever you shall undertake to do you may deceive yourself you hope that your reputation and the favour of your friends may be retrieved never never both i doubt if either every offended person and that is all who loved you and are related to you must join to restore you when can these be of one mind in a case so notoriously wrong it would be very grievous you say to be precipitated upon measures that may make the desirable reconciliation more difficult is it now my dear a time for you to be afraid of being precipitated at present if ever there can be no thought of reconciliation the upshot of your precipitation must first be seen there may be murder yet as far as we know will the man you are with part willingly with you if not what may be the consequence if he will god bless me what shall we think of his reasons for it i will fly this thought i know you are purity but my dear are you not out of all protection are you not unmarried have you not making your daily prayers useless thrown yourself into temptation and is not the man the most wicked of plotters you have hitherto you say and i think my dear with an air unbecoming to your declared penitence no fault to find with the behaviour of a man from whom every evil was apprehended like caesar to the roman augur which i heard you tell of who had bidden beware the ides of march the ides of march said caesar seeing the augur among the crowd as he marched in state to the senate house from which he was never to return alive the ides of march are come but they are not past the augur replied make the application my dear may you be able to make this reflection upon this good behaviour to the last of your knowledge of him may he behave himself better to you than he ever did to anybody else over whom he had power amen no answer i beseech you i hope your messenger will not tell anybody that i have written to you and i dare say you will not show that i have written to mr lovelace for i have written with the less reserve depending upon your prudence you have my prayers my darling knows not that i write nobody does not even mr harvey dolly would have several times written 
but having defended your fault with heat and with the partiality that alarmed us such a fall as yours my dear must be alarming to all parents she has been forbidden on pain of losing our favour for ever and this at your family's request as well as by your father's commands you have the poor girl's hourly prayers i will however tell you though she knows not what i do as well as those of your truly afflicted aunt d harvey friday april twenty first end of letter fifty two